Wrote this song while Crew and Aaron on a 100-mile foot race through the trails in the rain and mud. How about that? back to the MR Running Pains podcast. My name is Aaron Saft, and it's just going to be a solo show today. Um, so I'll be talking along the way here um, on primarily uh, one topic. We, we're kind of kind of straying a few directions, but I had uh, a listener, Jim Young, uh, email me uh, yesterday it was, uh, which I'm recording this on Wednesday, June 24th. Uh, so he emailed me and, and had uh, a few suggestions, and it was along the lines of what I was already thinking for a podcast, um, uh, not necessarily the questions he asked. So um, I, I'm going to incorporate those as well, but I want to thank Jim for reaching out and uh, and asking me to uh, to include this in, in the podcast because uh, they're a great question. So uh, thank you, Jim. And uh, as as well to uh, to everybody else that has uh, you know left comments or has emailed me um, you know encouragement uh, comments everything I uh, really do appreciate you taking the time to to reach out and uh, and give me feedback. So um, without further ado, uh, let's let's kind of get into today, um, which it's going to incorporate. 
obviously what's going on now so far as, um, you know, races are coming back now. We're starting to see people putting on races, um, you know, creating different, um, uh, it's definitely, um, going to be different from what we're typically used to at races, which obviously it has to be. So, uh, you know, I, I'm going to talk about, uh, what happened with Hellbender, um, and, uh, and our decision there and, uh, you know, just, just my gears moving forward. So, um, but uh, again, thank you, Jim, for your questions, which uh, Jim's questions has to deal with, um, you know, now that so many races have best been postponed um, and, uh, you know, you may have already had stuff already originally signed up for in the fall, you know, that they may be so close together. How do you deal with all that? So we're going to talk about that and training and recovery and all that good stuff, as well as um, preparing yourself for um, if some of these races don't occur and you still want to get something in. So we're going to touch all those bases today, um, you know, and, and if you guys have, have questions uh, after this, feel free to reach out. Uh, you can use the Facebook page, uh, which is MR Running Pains Coaching, uh, and just and plug questions in there. Ask away. Uh, you know, uh, it, it, I'll answer those questions. If other people have input, please, it's, you know, it's, that's a good platform to, to do such. Um, also have a few new platforms I want to talk about and touch on. Um, so we'll, we'll get into all that stuff today. Um, so first let me, uh, let me touch base on, uh, on Hellbender and, uh, and, uh, what's going on with Hellbender and, and what the decision was. Um, cause that was not, not an easy decision to make, but, um, so, um, just to give a little backstory, I'm, I'm sure most of you know, uh, Hellbender was originally scheduled for April, early April. And we were one of the first races that, uh, you know, that faced, we we're, you know, do we cancel? Do we postpone? Um, do we even try to host the event? We were right on that precipice where, you know, things were starting to shut down. Uh, and then, uh, you know, um, NC State, uh, North Carolina State here uh, came down with their COVID guidelines. And uh, we knew that we couldn't meet the guidelines, especially on such uh, short-term notice that we decided to postpone to the fall. Now, again, we were one of the first races uh, in that time period to have to postpone, um, not knowing what would happen and, and having, you know, any foresight that, you know, there would be so many races impacted and following suit. Um, not that they were following what we did, but, you know, given their options, they postponed to the fall as well, um, which is made for an overcrowded fall, which in turn we rescheduled for November and, uh, w- looking at how many races were rescheduled to the fall and how many races were already scheduled, we were really, we were having a hard time, um, you know, with a, um, volunteers and what would happen with the volunteers and creating safety precautions for the volunteers. Obviously there's so much uncertainty as to whether fall races can, uh, can happen, um, given what, uh, what we currently face. So, um, with, with so much unknown, with so many safety issues, not just with volunteers, but with the runners, you know, Hellbender draws, um, over 25 different States to the Western part of North Carolina. Um, you know, there aren't many lodging options, uh, around the, the race and the race start, unless you want to drive a little bit. So we would, you know, be, would be able to, uh, to stay at, uh, the start, which is Camp Greer. Um, and, uh, you know, just so many questions. Is it even right to ask that many people to, to come to Western North Carolina? We couldn't change the, uh, the start. Um, and you know, we couldn't have people, 
um, doing uh, wave starts just because of uh, time cutoffs and um, and you know the stipulations we face on the course. So it just you know became such a jumble, such a mess, and, and none of us were really comfortable with the situation given uh, what COVID nineteen has has been doing and, and the projections for it. So um, our uh, our running two eight foundation. Um, just decided it was it was best to to cancel now and not have everybody training for it and you know end up canceling it in the fall. So um, we canceled the event um, for you know primarily for safety and concern for for not only our runners but our volunteers, um, you know for crews, uh, pacers, everybody involved. We uh, we decided it was the best decision for all involved. And um, you know I'm I'm, I'm really thankful to the runners. Uh, they have been very gracious and, and, you know, obviously disappointed, but, uh, in the same vein, they were also very, um, very happy that we did what we did saying it so early and very understanding. So I want to thank all of them, um, you know, deeply for that. We have offered full refunds to everyone involved, um, including people that wanted to defer. Um, we are just going to wipe this, the, uh, the, the slate clean, um, we do not want anybody left out there with any money lingering. Um, people are, are donating, uh, you know, so that the race can continue. Um, I'm going to talk about that as well, but, um, and we certainly appreciate that. But the, um, you know, the reality is we don't know what 2021 is going to bring. Um, you know, and, and to that same point, um, I have resigned from uh, the Running to Eight Foundation um, as well as, um, as race director for Hellbender. Um, it, you know, it was, it was a tough decision, but, um, you know, I, as, um, as we've progressed through COVID-19, obviously my life has, has changed. Um, I, I no longer, um, I'm a owner operator at footer X. Uh, that was my main gig and allowed me to, uh, to do race directing as a side gig. Um, and uh, I just, I don't have those liberties. Uh, I have to focus my attention now on, on coaching and my family and, uh, you know, and move forward, uh, with those, not to say I, I won't ever race direct again, but I, I just knew that I, I don't have those, those times or that ability to, uh, to, uh, devote to race directing, which, um, you know, obviously, uh, the races deserve. Um, but uh, yeah, it's, it's just, uh, it was time for me to, to do what was best for my family. And, uh, so I'm, I'm stepping away. Um, I am really pleased to announce that Will Jurgensen has agreed to take over the Solly Frosty Foot races. So Solly will continue. Um, I want to thank David Faulkner for actually giving me that original opportunity. He handed that race over to me, gifted that race to me. So now I have turned it over to uh, Will and his organization. Um, and uh, you know, I hope to uh, to see that race continue um, going on. So um, Solly will continue. Um, I have obviously, I said, I, I have resigned from the running to a foundation, but, um, thankfully Megan Robinson, I am leaving the foundation in her capable hands and they are going to seek, uh, a new race director for hellbender, um, and hopefully get somebody in place so that, uh, the race can continue on. Um, obviously it's not my wish that the race ends. I just knew that I could not, um, carry on the capacity as race director. Um, so I am, I am happy to say that I am going to volunteer. Um, I will be um, maintaining trails, um, 
and uh, those of you that are interested in, in helping. Um, yeah, I, I've got a lot of work to do on the Mountains to Sea Trail. Uh, my section is from 151 to the Pisca, Mount Pisgah parking area. So those of you that know shut-in, that is the uh, the finished section. Um, so I'll be heading up there to, uh, to clean water bars uh, as well as um, weed eat and uh, remove any trees that are up there. Um, so um, definitely need help up there. Um, I also manage a small pocket of national forest, um, near my house in Mills river called Foster Creek. Um, also have the, uh, uh, Thompson Creek trail, which is in Pisgah national forest. Uh, and I help manage, um, two trails in Turkey pen that, uh, the, uh, North Carolina mountain trail runners have adopted, um, in pounding mill and, uh, wagon wheel gap. So lots of work to be done. Um, aside from that, we, uh, we also, manage many of the trails over on the hellbender course so uh, victor mariano always is over there working so i intend to to fully help him and um and volunteer um for races themselves um you know I, i'm reaching out to uh rds uh, that have not only races in this area but throughout the southeast or you know whatever and uh and agreed to to go out and uh you know do whatever I can to help, whether it's uh, captaining an aid station or, um, you know, whatever, whatever they need, course marking, whatever, however I can help. Um, I, I'm going to continue to, uh, to serve in that capacity. Um, so big transition in my life, obviously. Um, you know, I, I'm, I can say that I am honestly truly enjoying coaching. Um, right now I am actually, uh, I'm working, uh, through a workshop, um, with Chris Johnson. He's a physical therapist. Um, and, uh, um, and his, uh, his cohort, um, Joel, um, forgive me, Joel, uh, I'm, I'm blanking on your last name right now, but, um, another physical therapist and, uh, they're, they're putting on a, a clinic about coaching. So I'm working through that as well as, uh, another coaching accreditation, um, through the Arthur Lydiard foundation. Um, Arthur Lydiard was an amazing, uh, coach from New Zealand. He, um, he had some amazing athletes and Olympians, uh, gold medalists that, uh, that came through his program and his coaching style, uh, which, uh, predominantly will be used for 5k to marathon runners. Um, very comprehensive, uh, very complete. Uh, you know, it, it's definitely, um, uh, a, a great methodology, um, to, to coaching, probably one of the, um, the best that I've taken so far. Um, I've learned, um, so much thus far, uh, I've done about nine hours of the course. Um, we've got another nine this weekend and, uh, and then we have a exam, um, to, you know, to get our, our coaching certification. But, um, I love the, uh, the ideas and, um, and methodologies behind it. There's um, scientific reason why um, the you know the, the the coaching philosophy and the uh, the coaching protocols are such. So um, you know I'm looking forward to, to implementing those with uh, with the athletes I have. Um, so um, that all said, um, I'm also joining the uh, Protect Our Winners organization um, as a uh, athlete advocate. Um, part of my mission um, as a, as a person. Uh, and a runner is to uh to you know protect our outdoors protect our trails advocate for our outdoors so i encourage you to to go to their website protectourwinners.org and and learn more about um uh, they call themselves pow and and what you can do to help as well uh, i'm going to be spreading the word through my newsletter um, if you're not getting my newsletter, you can sign up on my website, uh, which uh, is mrrunningpains.com, and uh, and learn more about these uh, 
these organizations that I'm going to talk about and what they do and, and, you know, how you can serve. Um, so, um, I'll be, you know, using social media as well to, to put things out there just so people are aware to, uh, you know, to help lobby and advocate, um, for, for our outdoors to your, uh, your congressman, uh, and, and help decisions be made at a, at a higher level through our state. Um, so, um, please check them out. Um, and Ian Golden, um, famed New York, uh, runner, um, and, uh, um, uh, race director, um, Ian does so much, um, you know, he's, he's got quite the resume, but Ian has formed a, uh, a new organization called Trails Collective. Uh, and, uh, I'm going to be speaking with, uh, um, with Ian this evening about, uh, how I can join the Trails Collective and, uh, and help, um, spread the word about what he's trying to do, um, in, in creating community throughout, um, you know, it's, it's, it's a different platform. Um, he uses the, um, uh, chat rooms, um, and message boards that, uh, you know, that we used to be, um, using prior to social media. Um, some people aren't, aren't comfortable with social media platforms and, uh, you know, how they're run, how they're organized, what they do, um, what they leave out. Um, so, um, you know, Ian is trying to make it, um, more inclusive and, uh, and spread the word about what's going on, um, throughout the U S. Um, you know, again, Ian is New York based, but, um, I'm going to try to advocate for the Southeast and, uh, you know, and create a collaboration so that, um, we have more community and, and talk more about what's going on. Um, you know, people can ask questions and, um, and feel comfortable. And, uh, you know, it'll be moderated so that there's, uh, you know, it's, uh, no tolerance for, um, for any, uh, cyber bullying or anything to that regard. So, um, check out the trails collective, um, you can Google them. Uh, Ian puts out a, uh, uh, YouTube video each week about what, uh, what's going on, uh, through trail running and, 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 uh, you know, he's, uh, is, is very comprehensive. So enjoying that some really great people on there. Um, but trails collective. Uh, you know, nice new, great organization. So, um, all right. So let's uh, let's move on to the the, the you know the meat and uh, potatoes of the the episode here. Um, so Jim wrote in uh, again. Jim Young, thank you again. Um, and asked me about um, you know, now that we are seeing races again, uh, and and these races have been postponed, and you may have already signed up for other races. And we have this like ginormous fall, right? You know, uh, kind of late summer into fall, race upon race upon race. So, um, how he he asked, how do you schedule to make sense of all this? What uh, what's you know what do you do? Because um, obviously we don't we don't want to over race. Um, you know, we want to get in and you know, racing, obviously, but we don't want to over race. We don't want to put ourselves at at higher risk of of injury, burnout. Um, you know, it's, it's, these are all things that, that can be done if we're, if we're, you know, racing all the time, especially in longer distances. But, um, so, um, you know, I, I would say just like you do, uh, for when you select races. Okay. Let me give you an example here. Um, I was supposed to run Kettle Moraine 100 miler, um, you know, this month, June. Um, and, uh, obviously it was postponed. It's postponed now till September. But I had already registered for Kettle Moraine, uh, excuse me, <laughs> um, for Hennepin, Hennepin 100, um, which is October. Now, I am not the type of runner. There are runners out there that, that can go, you know, month to month um, and, 
and do hundred milers, you know, in back to back months. Um, you know, and, and yeah, I'm not saying that it, it wouldn't, I, like I couldn't do it. I just don't, I don't want to, I don't want to put my body through that. Um, you know, a hundred miles is, it's, it's a, it's still a very, very hard effort for me. Even if I, you know, pace myself and, and tried to go easy. Um, you know, that's, I mean, that's not the point of racing to me and everybody has their different perspective. You know, I'm not saying my perspective is the right one. So, you know, if you, um, want to accomplish that, that's a different thing. And, and it can be done. And we're going to talk about recovery and, and how to make recovery possible for efforts like that. But I'm giving you my perspective. In my perspective, I don't want to take away from either event, either Kettle Moraine or uh, from Hennepin. So I have to decide which race I want to do um, in, in, that, um, in that window. So what it's come to. And, um, you know, it's not to say that either event is really going to happen, but I feel the likelihood of, uh, kettle moraine happening is higher than, um, than Hennepin only because I feel by the time Hennepin rolls around in October, we're going to be on that precipice again of, you know, our events even going to happen. So if, um, kettle moraine does happen and I'm allowed to, to travel and go, I would, you know, I would rather get that race in. Um, knowing that, you know, potentially the Hennepin race might be canceled anyway. And, um, so I'd rather get in that race than not get in a race at all. So, um, you know, even though I think my goal this year, my big goal was to, uh, to run Hennepin and try to run a fast time. Um, but you know, with the uncertainty, that's what I'm weighing. Um, you know, that's, that's the, uh, the balancing act here is, uh, you know, uh, there's less likelihood that Hennepin is going to happen. So I'm going to, I'm going to put my focus on kettle, um, and, and, uh, and run kettle. Um, now, you know, just as we do, and as we should do it, you know, in the fall, it makes sense to have, you know, build up races and, and races that lead into larger races if possible. So if you're looking at your schedule, um, let's say you have a, a marathon on the books. Now, obviously marathons, um, you know, to the, to the larger scales, like, um, the big city marathons, you know, some of them are still saying they're going to happen. It's highly doubtful that, you know, they can make, you know, enough stipulations that, you know, they can get that many people to the starting line, given everything that's going on. Um, I know they're, they're trying to fight for it. Um, but the, I mean, there's just, there's no way, you know, because they can't keep the streets open that long to create wave starts to keep people that far apart. Um, so it's just, you know, it doesn't look good. Um, I, I'm sorry to say, I don't mean to be a naysayer. I don't mean to be negative, but that's the reality. I don't foresee our majors happening. Uh, you know, New York is holding out. I just, you know, Chicago is holding out. I just, I don't see it. Um, smaller marathons, you know, with, uh, you know, we're talking a few hundred people just, you know, just like trail races have more potential for happening. So if you're signed up for one of them, they have more potential of happening. Um, and you know, having lead up races to those, that's great. Whether you have, you know, uh, two 10 Ks and a half marathon, uh, you know, like maybe even three, five Ks, a 10 K and then the marathon, uh, you know, uh, just, you know, try to keep your, your racing schedule where you have a little bit of recovery time, um, prior to, uh, you know, prior to the marathon, give yourself, you know, three weeks 
um, prior to the marathon of, of, you know, don't have any races in there. Um, and then, you know, don't do too many back-to-back weekends. Um, if you're doing five K's, you know, having a back-to-back weekends, not that big of a deal. Um, but you know, obviously you're sacrificing some of your training cause that's going to take a little bit away from your long run and the long run is going to be probably one of the primary focuses of your program. So, um, be careful of how much you're racing and how much you're putting in there. Um, so far as the marathon goes, um, you know, and, uh, if you have questions about it, you know, for, for marathon training or anything like that, um, feel free to reach out. Um, now for ultras on the other hand, um, you know, whether, um, whether you have, um, a 50 K is your, your fall goal, um, or, you know, a hundred miler is your fall goal. Um, you have to be careful with how many ultras you're kind of, um, putting in there. Um, you know, the body, um, depending on you again, depending on you that, you know, the body, um, some people cannot go, um, you know, and, and do, um, weekend after weekend of racing. Uh, so, um, you know, know your body, know what it can do. Um, know how you feel if you're, if, you know, 50 K totally wipes you out, right. That's, you know, that's, that's a sign that, you need to recover from that effort before, you know, allowing, uh, another effort behind it. Um, now, um, you know, when you're, when you're training for a hundred miler, I mean, in an ideal season, you know, you can, you can have a 50 K in there. You can even have a 50 miler or a hundred K in there. Um, so, you know, those two, uh, whether you choose 50 mile or a hundred K and the 50 K. So, um, you know, it's either 50 K 50 mile and then a hundred or 50 K hundred K and then a hundred miles. Um, you have to give yourself a little bit more room there than we would in the marathon. You don't want to have your 50 miler or your hundred K three weeks prior to your hundred mile. It's just getting a little bit too close. So kind of learn to, to spread those out. Um, you know, you, you learn your, again, what your body needs to recover. Um, but you know, it's, I know it's hard cause you're, you're probably signed up just as I am. You're signed up for, um, for a lot that got moved to the fall. And, uh, you know, I hate not to, uh, to, uh, to run Hennepin, you know, um, that's, uh, that's tough. Um, but, um, you know, the reality is like, I know my body and I know that doing those two efforts would not be good for my body. Um, you know, and, and in the long run, uh, I'm thinking long-term. Okay. Um, you know, we can't think of just this year. Um, you know, we have to remember next year is going to happen and the following year is going to happen. Um, so if your goal is to just run this year and be done with running forever, that's one thing. But if you're in this for the long haul, like I am, um, be kind to your body so that it can be kind to you going down the road and racing down the road. Um, you know, it's, it, it, there are sacrifices that we can make this year. Obviously we've made a ton already. Um, and, uh, if we have to make sacrifices within the racing world, so be it, um, you know, give up some of those races to, uh, to be able to do more in the future. Um, you know, there's, there's no sense in, in putting yourself beyond that threshold where, you know, it's going to take you months to recover just because you wanted to get in, you know, some races that you signed up for. So be kind to yourself, um, understand your limitations. Um, and, uh, you know, if, if you feel that you're going to recover and you're going to be okay, if you're going to, um, you know, do things, uh, you know, that we're going to talk about here next, um, to, to try to recover and get things in, um, you know, 
um, go into an event with the understanding that, you know, your body might not have it. You know, it's like, even though you're trying, you have to be okay with that. And, you know, just be, be all right, be prepared for that. Um, you know, it's, I, I don't want you to go in with the mental attitude that I'm not going to make it. I'd, I'd rather you go in with the mental attitude that, you know, um, you're going to make it to the finish line and, and finish your event. But, you know, at the same time, uh, you know, have that, uh, forgiveness for yourself, give yourself that grace that, you know, things don't go right on a given day, just like any race, you know, I mean, it, you may go into a, a race fresh and it just may not be the day I've had those days too. And, uh, you know, just be okay with that. It's, you know, it's what you're given that day and that's, that's okay. You know, it's, it's, it is what it is. We have to be grateful that we have the opportunity and, uh, and, and accept, you know, the, uh, the result of it. So, um, uh, his, uh, Jim's next question was, uh, how do we optimize recovery? Um, and that's a great question. All right. So, um, you, uh, let's say that you get in, um, you know, uh, one of your races. Uh, so what are, uh, what are things that you should do, um, you know, directly following that event? Okay. So, um, the, the one thing that I will say that you can do, um, throughout your training, this is, you know, even before racing, do it now and start getting used to this is recording your resting heart rate. So when you wake up, um, a lot of our watches will give us that data, what your resting heart rate was when you were sleeping, um, you know, over the night. So you wake up and, uh, and get your resting heart rate, record it wherever you record things, whether it be on Strava, put a note on Strava. Um, you know, if, if you use training peaks, put a note in training peaks as to what your resting heart rate was. Um, other ways you can do it. If you can't figure out how to do it on your watch is just the old, you know, find your pulse, um, on your, uh, on your neck in your neck and, uh, and count for one minute, uh, and, and get your, your, uh, your resting heart rate. As soon as you wake up before your feet hit the ground, before you even like sit up, don't sit up yet that uh, elevates your heart rate. So while you're laying down, take your heart rate, record it, um, and then track it. Um, that's going to be the big thing. Um, you're going to watch your heart rate. Um, you know, the morning after your race, it's going to be elevated just because of the effort that you put in, you're going to have an elevated heart rate. And usually, uh, it's going to take, uh, just like we say in recovery for every 10 miles that you raced, it's going to take one day, uh, of recovery for every 10 miles you race. So in, in other words, if I raced a uh, 50 K, um, it's going to take me about three days, roughly three days for my resting heart rate to get back down to normal. Um, so monitor it you know, that's, that's the big thing is, is monitor, um, monitor how much that heart rate is coming down. Uh, cause you don't want to do anything prior to that heart rate getting back to, uh, um, to normal. Now, uh, when I say nothing, I don't want you running hard. In other words, um, you know, this, uh, one of the courses that, uh, you know, I'm taking right now with, with Arthur Lydiard, um, they talk about like after a marathon, like you do, um, one day per mile that you do not do anything at the marathon effort that you just did or harder. So for 26 days, you're not supposed to go any harder than the marathon pace you just ran. Now, you know, when we talk about running, um, um, I'm going to say 50 miles and longer, I don't think that rule applies as much because now we're, we're talking totally different paces and efforts and, and, uh, um, and, and, you know, heart rate zones, um, and thresholds. So, um, what I'm, what I suggest is that you take that, um, day per 10 miles raced and use that, 
as your um, as your guidance. So, um, uh, you know, when you get through, let's say you did the 50 miler um, by day five, your resting heart rate should have come back down. Can you do anything in the intermarry? Of course. Um, the day after you have a hard effort, a hard race, um, or, you know, uh, just your, you know, whatever you're doing, your uh, 50K, 50 mile, whatever it is, I like an active recovery hike. I usually plug in active recovery hike. Two to three miles, just getting those legs moving, getting the blood pumping, getting your legs flushed out, um, you know, getting those sore muscles loosened up. So, you know, the day after, go for a hike, walk your dog, whatever, just go out, you know, take a hike with your, your significant other, um, you know, get out there, just, you can go, you know, hike on the trails, whatever, you know, get out in the woods. I mean, don't do anything strenuous. Uh, you know, I'm not asking you to, to go climb a mountain. I'm just, <laughs> I'm saying get somewhere where you can just loosen up a bit, two to three miles, really simple, really easy. That'll help flush out the system. Okay. Um, you know, after you race, it's vital that you start eating, uh, and make your calories count. Um, you know, a lot of times, uh, you know, we, we turn to, uh, um, you know, a pizza and, and beer and, uh, hamburgers and, and all this comfort food that, you know, in reality, they're, they're calories, but they're not necessarily good calories. So make sure your calories count, especially if you're trying to recover for a race that's coming up quickly. Um, so you've had a race and then you've got another one coming up, make those calories count, you know, put in good foods, get, you know, get, get, uh, um, get your veggies in, um, you know, um, but yeah, and a good source of protein, um, you know, so you, you want to get your carbs, your proteins, um, you know, just it, let, let that vitamin, you know, the vitamins and minerals that your body needs to recover uh, antioxidants, you know, uh, eat your fruits, um, and, and vary the colors of everything so that you're getting in all sorts of nutrients. Um, but make those calories count. You know, I'm not saying you can't have a, a burger or pizza or beer or whatever. You know, I'm not saying that it's, you know, just don't, um, don't let the, the, that following week, you know, lead to comfort eating. Um, you know, it, it's okay for after the race to, to kind of, you know, indulge a little bit, celebrate. I get that. Uh, but you know, make sure that you're, you're doing other things to, to help your body recover, uh, in the regards to your calories. Um, other things is, is hydration, you know, keep drinking fluids, uh, and by fluids, I mean, you know, your waters, uh, you know, if, if, if you prefer to add some, some noon or something like that for, you know, some electrolytes and such, if, especially if you, uh, you feel like you, you lost a lot of electrolytes, that's totally fine. Um, but, uh, rehydrate, um, keep hydrating the days thereafter, um, and keep monitoring that resting heart rate. Um, so, um, other things that you can do, um, as I said, the day after when you go for active recovery hike, uh, you know, like the next day, maybe you take a day off, um, it, you know, your body needs some rest. So, uh, give it, you know, a day off, especially if that heart rate's high, you know, you wake up that second morning after the race and your heart rate's still really high, just take a day off, uh, you know let, let yourself recover. Um, maybe get a, a massage. Uh, if you, if you can, if your muscles can tolerate it, uh, help again, flush out those muscles, um, break up any adhesions within the muscles. Um, but, uh, yeah, if you can get a massage, you might even want to schedule that, um, prior. And, you know, again, if you're super sore and don't feel that you can tolerate the massage, just see if you can move it. Um, and then, um, you can start some cross training. Um, uh, that, you know, that might entail, um, some easy spinning on a bicycle, um, just, you know, 
30, 45 minutes, just kind of loosen up the legs again, see how they feel. If you're used to cycling, you may go a little further. Um, and uh, it, it could be rowing, uh, swimming, uh, aqua jogging, any of those things uh, that are uh, low impact. Obviously, we don't want to uh, to hammer the legs any further than what they already are. But you know, cross training at that point is awesome. Um, so use cross training to your benefit there. Uh, that way, you know, you're getting some exercise. Obviously, you want to keep the heart rate low. Uh, you know, you want to stay down in, in probably zone two, um, just, uh, two to three, uh, I would say, you know, at a max to, you know, if you're looking at your heart rate so that it doesn't get too high cause we don't want a hard effort. Um, so use your cross training wisely and then sleep. Um, you know, sleep is going to be super important, um, during this time period. So, um, you know, get your sleep seven to nine hours a night, uh, is great. If you, if you can manage it, um, you know, you may have to make some sacrifices in order for, uh, for yourself to get that kind of sleep. But, um, you know, sleep is going to be super essential in, in helping your body recover during that time period. So, um, those are all things I would say for, uh, optimizing your recovery. Um, and then pacing. Um, now, you know, what, what Jim was asking is that if you have event upon event, you know, should you ease up your pace, um, you know, to, to be able to accomplish if you're going to try to do all these races. And, and, um, I would say it would be a resounding, yes, you're going to have to ease up your paces, um, you know, uh, just to, uh, to make sure that, um, you know, a, the body is, is, is okay. Uh, cause you may go into it and, uh, and start out easy and then recognize that you feel okay. Uh, let's go back to, let's say 2016, um, for myself, um, 2016, I've talked about it before, big year for me. Um, you know, 350 K's, um, in, uh, February, March, April. Um, and then I had, um, uh, uh, 250 milers in a two week period. And then, um, about, uh, I think it was like three or four weeks later, I had a 75 miler. And then in the, let's see, the fall was October was the grindstone 100. And then November was the mountain masochist, um, 50 miler, which I think was, uh, five weeks after, uh, grindstone. And then four weeks after that, I had the, uh, Hellgate 100 K. So, um, huge, huge year for me. Uh, most, uh, you know, I'd, I'd never run a hundred miles. I'd never run 75 miles, uh, prior to that 50 miles was the, the highest I'd ever run. Um, so, and we're going to talk about things that can help you prepare for, for stuff like that. Um, obviously I was doing the B series, um, but I also loaded it with a uh, Cayuga, uh, 50 miler, which was the, um, uh, us championships. And then, uh, directly following that Manitou's, uh, revenge 50 miler. Um, I, I just threw that one in there cause I'm an idiot. Uh, and then I wanted to kind of get in, um, something longer prior to grindstone because I had never run over 50 miles. So that's where I threw in the, uh, uh, Canadian death race, 125 K. So, um, you know, it was, it was a big year, um, with, uh, you know, focus on, uh, recovery, and what recovery looked like was, uh, the week after each event was, uh, you know, pretty much, um, complete rest. Uh, I just, you know, took a down week, um, you know, and, and towards maybe, you know, maybe four or five days after, um, the, uh, the event, I would just go for an easy shakeout jog. Um, you know, I do some hiking and walks up to that point. Um, and as my legs start to feel recovered, I would, you know, I would get into, uh, get into, uh, get into running again and build back slowly. Um, we, uh, um, we kind of, um, uh, 
went after it race after race. Um, so, you know, I trained and, um, I guess we're kind of, you know, getting into conditioning. Um, that was his other question is like, um, what do you do for conditioning, especially right now? Um, so I did, um, you know, a lot, um, of, um, of, of high intensity, um, we'll say, um, max VO2 style workouts, um, as long as well as, um, lactic threshold, um, you know, and, and, and did things to kind of create the upper end of my system so that, you know, I was in really good shape. Now that's really difficult to sustain for the entire year. So, um, what we did was we did some really good marathon training for the spring, um, which led into my 50 Ks. Now in between the 50 Ks, I only had a few weeks in between each 50 K. So, um, you know, we would just kind of do some maintenance workouts, uh, which would be kind of more of the, um, you know, lactic threshold style workouts, which lactic threshold, um, that's basically, uh, maybe, um, 80% effort. Um, uh, and that's, you know, intervals that, um, uh, would go, uh, roughly, let's just say 10 to 30 minutes, um, of intervals with, um, half the recovery time in between intervals. Um, so anyhow, we, you know, those were kind of maintenance workouts, um, you know, that we, we kind of interspersed between, you know, the, the 50 case so that I, I maintained a good level of fitness, but uh, leading up to those, we did a lot of good marathon training, um, that, you know, that's, that's what led into my 50 case, um, for the 50 milers, we, um, we upped my mileage a little bit and, um, and again, you know, um, it was just kind of, um, keeping, um, everything in, in moderation so that I wasn't overtaxing the system. Uh, max VO2 intervals can be very difficult and taxing on the system. So, um, the, the body can only train, um, you know, in one system, like, you know, we're taking the max VO2 system for, for instance, uh, for four to five weeks, you know, six at max in which, you know, it can stay working consistently on that system before the adaptations, um, no longer take hold because you've worked that system for so long, it needs a break and to work on something else. So, um, you know, it's, uh, you have to mix those up um, every now and again, or work on the system, um, and then work on a different system. So, um, so, you know, we, we kind of sprinkled in the middle there. We, we took some max VO2 with some, um, lactic threshold and, and kind of mixed the two systems. Um, and then in the fall, uh, it it was really just, you know, recovery, (laughs) um, uh, because, uh, you know, I had, I already had a busy year, obviously with all that racing. So the fall, um, you know, it, it just recover, um, make sure that I, I maintained a good aerobic base, um, getting in my long runs. Uh, but, um, you know, it was amazing. Um, I definitely, after, um, you know, grindstone, um, I, uh, um, I took second at grindstone and then, um, I really felt good at mountain masochist. And it was one of those races where I just kept waiting for the bonk. <laughs> I just kept waiting for the crash to happen. And, uh, it didn't come, which was amazing to me. Um, I, you know, I, I just, I maintained such a, a good, um, aerobic base throughout the year that it just, I was good. I carried myself through that. So if I were to say, you know, what's important to do right now is work on your aerobic base. Um, and, uh, that's basically just getting in conversational paced runs where you can, you can speak to a running partner, um, and, you know, uh, and just getting out there and, um, and having time on your feet. Um, 
So um, it's you know I'm I'm not saying you have to go out there and do long run after long run. Um, you know it's it's really just um, you know becoming comfortable with uh, with um, with that time on your feet, whether it's an hour. Uh, or two hours, um, you'll notice that if you're if you're working on your aerobic base, that your pace will actually get faster because you're creating more um, ATP within the system. Um, this might be getting a little too geeky for you, so I apologize. But um, the, doing aerobic style runs uh, where you're running at a conversational pace is probably the best thing that you could do right now. Um, you know, if you don't have any races coming up that you're preparing for, um, that would be my suggestion is just working on your aerobic base. Um, you know, if, if you want to kind of throw some things in there to, you know, so you don't get so, so bored, you can do some hill repeats. Um, those are good, uh, low risk of injury. Uh, you know, you can do those at a, at a, a good sustained effort. Um, you know, at, uh, you can probably work up to 90% of max heart rate on those, um, as well as, um, you know, playing with some fartlek. Um, fartlek is, um, for those of you that don't know the term, it is, um, speed play and it's, um, it's indetermined intervals. That's the key to these is that you're not doing a specific amount of time or distance. It's just, you go fast for whatever you feel like, and then you recover as at whatever pace you want for however long you want. And then you do it again. You pick up the pace. It may be a different pace for a different length, but it's just you're playing with it and seeing how you feel at the different paces. Um, it's always good, you know, if you can do it on trail, rolling terrain, break it up, you know, uphills, downhills, flats. Uh, you know, it's 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 fine to do on the roads, obviously, but if you can do those on the trail, that's a great little um, workout to kind of throw in. I know it's, it's, it's so bizarre to us to not, like, say, well, I'm, I'm doing – two minute intervals today in fartlek you don't even worry about it you, you don't even have to look at your watch it, it doesn't matter what pace you're running doesn't matter how far you're running or for how long it's just your idea however you're feeling at that moment in that time it kind of helps you find that flow state because you're not worried about anything else you're just going and listening to your body um you know i i was i was kind of uh, on a side note i was i was thinking about um flow I you know I was listening to a podcast and they were talking about flow and I recognized that you know if if I'm out running and um and I don't have music and I don't have a podcast on um I find the flow state easier um because I'm not distracted by anything uh especially if I don't have anything on my mind if I go out for a run and there's nothing on my mind I've I've left that to-do list at home I can find that flow state so much easier because I'm in the moment. I'm in, you know, the moment with what I'm doing and and my body is just, you know, moving in space and I don't have to worry about anything else. That's where I find flow. So if you can find that moment for yourself, um, you know, it's you know, it doesn't have to be meditative. It's just losing yourself in the moment and letting yourself go and let everything else go, you'll find that flow state a lot easier. Um, so um, you know, so far as, as pacing goes, uh, back to my story here, um, mountain masochist, as I said, I just kept waiting for it. I got to 30 miles and I was like, dang, I still feel good. And I just started picking it up and I was like, man, you know, like I'm, 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 you know, I'm feeling good at my nutrition. My nutrition was pretty dialed in. Um, you know, things were just clicking and I was like, yeah, I just ran a hundred miler five weeks ago, but I'm, I'm feeling like this is probably one of the best 50 milers that I've ever run. Um, so anyhow, it's not to say that, um, you know, you, 
should pace it differently. It's you should start easier, right? Allow yourself to start slower and see how you feel. Let some of the race go by. And if you're still feeling good, then allow yourself to start picking it up. Um, you know, you have to have to learn what your body has for you that day. And that's, that's the, you know, I guess that's the key to running is what is your body going to tolerate today? How much can it give you, um, on that given day? So that's my, my, um, my advice for pacing, uh, and as well for conditioning right now, um, you know, it's, it's, it's always a good time to work on your aerobic capacity. Um, so you know do those aerobic runs, um, build up the time on your feet and, um, and how fast you can do that time on your feet without, um, elevating that heart rate. See if you can keep your heart rate at the same, uh, beats per minute as you did last week, but go faster. Um, that's how you can tell your system is getting stronger. You're getting fitter. Okay. So, um, I want to thank Jim Young again for all of that. Um, the second part of this, uh, what I had to talk about, uh, is something that, um, I, uh, I've been, I've been working on with, uh, with my own, um, research for this FKT that, uh, that I'm about to attempt. So, um, I've been talking about, uh, July 11th, I'm going to go after the, uh, fastest known time on the art load trail, which, um, for those of you that aren't familiar is a, it's a 30 mile trail here in Western North Carolina. Um, it's, uh, it's got somewhere roughly between 9,000 to 11,000 feet of gain. Um, it's, uh, the, the front end, uh, you know, uh, up to probably about mile 17 is, is heavily loaded with the climbing, um, very difficult up front. And so, um, we went out, um, this past weekend, myself and, and my friends, Dave and Sheridan, and, uh, and, and kind of did a little bit of recon to, uh, to see the course, uh, practice with my gear, you know, practice, see everything. So, um, I kind of wanted to talk about, you know, um, what things I do, um, to, um, to make sure that you can have the most success, not only in your races, but if you're just going to do, um, a long route or an FKT, you know, it doesn't necessarily have to be an SKT. You just want to go do a route. Um, so um, I'm going to give some examples as I go through here of things people did and used to success. And uh, um, so, um, you know, um, I would start with, um, you know, a simple Google search. You know, look at Google and uh, um, see what, what pops up and uh, what information you can get from a simple Google search. Um, and so... You know, once you do that and and kind of pull up information and and see what you can find, um, you know, on the route itself. Um, another good place to turn to would be the um, the ranger station. You know, so whatever ranger district um, that you're going to run this route in. If it's multiple, then you might have to obviously reach out to to others, but see what information they have for you. Um, some you know some questions to ask. Um, you know, the the ranger station would be, um, hey, are the trails all open? Are, do you have access to all points of this course? Um, or are there hazards that you should be aware of, um, such as, uh, forest fires or, um, multiple down trees? You know, it's, it's, um, uh, we, uh, under the Pisca Ranger district where, where I live and where I run majority of my runs, um, and do a lot of trail work. We have just been given the green light as of this week to use weed whackers <laughs> to, uh, to kind of, uh, you know, take down the weeds that are on our sections. We still can't use chainsaws yet, 
Um, so there are a lot of down trees and we're still not allowed to access those trees and, and cut them out. So, um, you know, that's, it's good to know, uh, what, uh, you know, what's going on, especially with, with all the rain that we have had here. Um, are there any floods, um, or any dangers of, uh, high waters? Um, you know, ask the rangers all these questions to find out, you know, informations, uh, about the routes, um, or anything they may know of, um, you know, to, to help you. Um, the, you know, uh, some routes have, uh, people have created websites for, so see if you can find websites, uh, to, you know, to find information on the, on the route or the, especially, you know, races, um, read, uh, race reports and, uh, and blogs. Um, you know, some, some routes that people do their, uh, races are on there. So you can find, uh, race reports and blogs with all sorts of information. Uh, for you, you know, about, uh, um, you know, especially about uh, access points uh, for for where, you know, crew and family can meet you uh, to, you know, to resupply and such. So um, read those. Um, Facebook groups. Uh, there are, obviously, there are a zillion Facebook groups out there. And some, um, you know, if, if we think of uh, Rim to Rim to Rim in the Grand Canyon, they have their own Facebook group where people can ask questions. Uh, so look and see if there's a, a Facebook group that would pertain to that or if there's a Facebook group in the area um, that could, you know, provide area uh, <laughs> information. Um, you know, here in, in Western North Carolina, we have two good Facebook uh, uh pages that um are great resources to to anybody that you know is coming to the area uh one is obviously the north carolina mountain trail runners group uh the other being the uh, western north carolina uh, trail and ultra page uh, those two groups are great informational pages um anything that i i kind of talk about um i will uh, i will obviously um try to create links in the uh the show notes so that you can uh, reference but um you know you look up those facebook groups see what you can find um you know i i uh, I've, I've i'm itching to get over to the uh the uk and run the bob graham round uh they have their own facebook group as well uh so you know it's um it's great um there there's um uh, you know speaking of of all that stuff there's there's also books um don't forget about um those type of resources you know um there's you know, obviously, like when people do the Appalachian Trail, there's a ton of books out there with so much information. There's also books on um, shorter trails, like the Foothills Trail, um, you know, the Mountains to Sea Trail, the um, uh, well, the sectionals of the uh, Appalachian Trail. There, you know, there's just look up your resources for books um, as to what information you can find, because uh, you can find all sorts of data, you know, that that people have already done, and uh, it's you know, it's at your at your fingertips in, in books. So do your research there as well. Um, you know, speaking of the North Carolina mountain, uh, trail runners club, you could look for local clubs, uh, within the area to reach out to and ask questions and see if there's people that can help you, um, through those clubs, um, trail run project. It's such a great resource for, um, for trail information for routes. Um, a lot of routes are, are posted on there, uh, and, and it will give you so much data so far as, um, elevation, gain, descent notes. Um, so use trail run project. It's a free app. Um, RAI puts out there, um, Strava. If you're on Strava, you can use Strava entry. Um, uh, you know, Strava entries of, of, of people that have run the routes. Um, so look at Strava data. Um, you can also, um, see if you can borrow somebody's GPX data and, and upload that to trail run project and create the route to yourself. Um, and you know, upload that, upload that to, to Gaia, another great app. Um, so you can follow along on your phone. Um, and then, um, you know, the, there's always the, the great trusty, uh, local paper maps. 
uh, you know, in our area, we have a great local company called, um, Pisca trail maps, uh, or Pisca maps. And they do some fantastic work, um, on stuff that, uh, you know, uh, we don't typically see on the national geographic maps. Um, you know, I'm, I'm very familiar with the national geographic maps, but see if there's local maps that you can use, um, you know, to, to, uh, to research, um, to research your project, uh, whether it's a, a route or a FKT or a race. So, um, and then, you know, with all of these, you know, things to, uh, to kind of look for and, and research is, um, you know, as I kind of talked about before, you want to find out where you can have crew access points. So if you're doing this supported, obviously, and you want, uh, your, your crew to access you at certain points, see where they are and how far along the route they are. So you know how much to, uh, to carry in between points. Um, look and see if there are, um, water access points, uh, whether it be by, uh, by, you know, stream or Creek, or, you know, if you know, uh, where Springs are, um, th- those are always good things to, to know offhand where they are and, um, you know, what you should be looking for, especially, uh, if they're, they're not, um, obvious, you know, you have to go off the trail slightly to find them. Um, we talked about hazards, you know, knowing, um, if there's been landslides or fires, down trees, flooded waterways, et cetera, know if there are hazards or the potential for hazards. Um, and then, you know, a good thing to do would be to find a, a, a comparable runner that to yourself, if you know somebody that's done the route and kind of see how long they took. And if they have the information of, of how long various sections took them, just so you have a time estimate and give you can give your, your crews, um, a timetable. Um, and then, you know, are there tricky spots along the course? There may be wilderness on your, uh, on your route. And if there is, you know, it may not be marked. So know that, you know, those sections, uh, and if you, uh, if you need to, um, to, uh, uh, to know, uh, you know, specific turns without course markings, which way to go. So, um, you know, the art lobe trail, which I am doing, it does go into wilderness. And, uh, you know, when I first did this trail, uh, it, the internet was not what it is today and there wasn't as much resource out there, but I did find a picture of which way to go in the wilderness so that I didn't take the wrong turn. So, um, you know, it's, just, it's good to, uh, to make sure you understand all parts of, uh, of the route. Um, and, uh, you know, with now being able to, to upload GPX files and, and have your, your, you know, your dot, um, follow the, the route. And if you, you can see, if you get off route, that's, that's such a tremendous help. Um, so, all right, now what to do. Um, so what to do in preparation for your route. And now if you live near the route, it's always great to practice the route, just as I did this past weekend, um, get out there, you know, see tricky sections, um, you know, get a, get a good feel for the, uh, the, the hard climbs, um, kind of take some mental pictures, uh, to remind yourself, okay, this is, you know, um, you know, this is, uh, this is going to be, you know, this long of a climb. Um, you know, I always go by how much elevation gain I have on my watch. Uh, so, you know, I kind of remember, okay, at this point I'm going to be here. Uh, it's going to take, you know, this much more gain to get to this point and this much more gain to get to this point. Um, so I always go off of uh, vertical gain. Um, and then practice with your gear. Uh, this weekend I brought out my pack. Um, <laughs> I, uh, I got to the trailhead and, and was meeting my friends. My wife drove me out and I forgot my water bottles. <laughs> I couldn't believe it. Could not believe that I forgot my water bottles, but thankfully each of them had one spare one. They could, uh, they could let me have, but, um, it meant using, um, the rest of my, uh, electrolytes that I, you know, I was going to plan on using later. So, um, mental error on my part. Um, so, 
um, you know, one big thing I'll say is, uh, you know, if you're going to practice with your gear, create a checklist that you can use each time and carry it each time so that you're used to the weight of the pack. Um, I, you know, that was a, a, you know, dumbest mistake on my part. I had everything else minus the, uh, the, you know, the water bottles, which were obviously two of the more important, uh, pieces that I needed for the day. So, um, don't make the mistake I did have a checklist, make sure you have everything before you leave. Um, you know, I, I got up, um, nice and early just to make sure I didn't leave anything behind and I still did. So make yourself a checklist and then again, practice with your gear. And I'm going to talk about, you know, what gear you should probably carry with you on, on longer efforts, um, in a little bit. Um, while you're out there, practice your nutrition and hydration plan. Um, I, for whatever reason, this past weekend, my stomach went wrong. I don't know what it was. Um, you know, it could have been, uh, the, the dinner the night before, uh, we had, um, um, uh, bean enchiladas. And, uh, so it was, uh, peppers and beans. And I, I just don't know. I don't think it was sitting right. Um, yeah, it just, my stomach turned. I just was nauseous. Um, and I didn't have anything on me to, to kind of try to battle the nausea, but I just, it got really bad. Um, I think I just, I had burritos for lunch too. <laughs> so I think I just had too many beans the day before. And, uh, the, you know, that in the heat, I think it just was a, you know, wrong concoction and my stomach just was not, uh, was not right. So, um, you know, when you have a big effort like that, don't be a dummy like me and, uh, you know, have something normal <laughs> the night before, uh, for dinner, uh, as well as, um, you know, something normal for breakfast. Um, the, uh, I, I didn't realize it, but I had used, um, um, oat vanilla oat milk, uh, in my cereal, uh, which I'm not used to. Uh, I usually just use it in my coffee and, uh, it definitely had a different taste to it. So, uh, you know, that could have been it too. I'm not sure. So too much different, uh, you know, the day before uh, a practice run like that, which again, you know, another mistake. Um, so, you know, mental notes that I made to myself, it's always good to say, you know, what did I do wrong? Um, uh, what can I do better? And, uh, you know, uh, you know, what did I do right? So, um, those three questions, always good to, to, uh, reanalyze what's going on. Um, uh, let's see. So, um, and you know, this is something I touched base on earlier. Be okay. If you don't succeed in the first try, um, you know, that, that day, um, uh, Saturday, you know, it's definitely not, not the preparatory run I wanted leading into an FKT. It did not leave me, uh, you know, confident. I know I had done a, a really hard workout, you know, three days prior. Um, and, uh, you know, I knew I would feel it in my legs. My legs actually felt pretty good. It was more my stomach that flipped. Um, I made it through, obviously. I, I mean, we, we went almost 20 miles and I was okay, but uh, you know, it, it definitely, I suffered at the end there, but it's, you know, it's not always going to go right. And, and, uh, you know, I, I looked at it and I said, well, I trust my training. You know, I trust what I'm doing. Um, I trust, I trust myself and, uh, I'm not going to make those same mistakes in the future. So, um, you know, just, uh, just be aware of that. Um, and then practice with your crew and pacers. Um, I, those two guys, um, you know, all goes right. They're going to be out there with me, uh, on FKT day. So, you know, I, I was kind of letting them know what, uh, what I wanted to do, what I wanted to, uh, to accomplish. Um, my wife is going to be crew. So, um, you know, she was up at black balsam. Uh, she was getting ideas for how long it takes to get to various points. Um, so, you know, let them practice as well. And also, um, you know, prior to the, uh, the route, you know, be it a long route, uh, meet with your crew and pacers, uh, to, uh, you know, to discuss, uh, your expectations and, and what you want and backup plans and all that kind of stuff. Um, you know, make sure everybody's on the same page and, and knows their roles and, you know, what's expected of them. So, 
Um, some safety items. Um, so, um, you know, I carry my cell phone. Um, the, you know, this, this FKT, uh, I don't, it, you know, I, I hope it's not going to take me very long. Um, but if you are planning a longer one, uh, it's always good to, uh, to have uh, a backup battery, uh, with your cord for your phone. Um, you know, it's, uh, you know, if you're, especially if you're using, uh, GPS like Gaia, um, you know, it, it can definitely drain the battery. You can also, if you have uh, reception, get weather updates. So, um, you know, all good things to use your cell phone for, but, you know, bring a backup battery with a cord. Um, I also have a Garmin mini in reach, um, for GPS, which is going to be kind of my, my spot tracker, if you will. Um, you know, to backup, it's going to be backup data. Um, so I'll have my watch and the, uh, the, the, uh, GPS data from the, the Garmin in reach mini, but I can also use the, uh, in reach mini for, um, you know, communications, getting messages out, um, to my wife, just in case I don't have reception. Um, so um, the, uh, the inReach mini does work with your phone. You can actually type the message on your phone and then, uh, use the, uh, the, uh, the Garmin as a, uh, you know, as a, as a modem, if you will, uh, to, to send messages. So, um, really handy device. Uh, the Garmin minis are, are super small and, uh, you know, they're, they're, they're great to have. Um, see if you can rent one or borrow one from a friend. If you don't, um, my friend just borrowed mine for the, uh, the scar attempt. Uh, he ran uh, scar and finished, uh, and, uh, you know, he, he was able to get messages out to his wife and, and let them know how he was doing. So, uh, just a good peace of mind, uh, to have those type of devices. Um, it's always good to have a water filter, uh, whether that be a, uh, a life straw or a Katahdin, uh, you know, bottle filter, um, or a Sawyer mini, uh, whatever, you know, device you want to use, always great to have a water filter. Um, thank goodness. Uh, one of my buddies was carrying one this past weekend. Cause as I said, you know, I, I, I forgot my, uh, my bottles and, um, you know, we, we had a Katahdin with us and I was able to refill, um, and then, um, if you're doing a longer effort, some, uh, some, some things that I might suggest, uh, is flint steel and a little bit of tinder. Um, you know, you can always create a fire if things go wrong and you need to be stationary for a while and stay warm. So, um, you know, those flint steel, they'll always create a spark, uh, and then some tinder just to get things going. Um, a small first aid kit, um, would be, is always great to have, um, you know, not only if, if, you know, for yourself, but if you're doing something with others and somebody gets hurt, it's always good to have a, a first aid kit on hand. Small one, you know, just you know, some some small essentials in it. Um, you know, uh, I think uh, I think maybe that's a, a YouTube video is uh, you know a running first aid kit and what you should uh, what you should pack. Um, an emergency whistle. Uh, a lot of the packs are actually coming with emergency whistles now, but, um, you know, if you don't have one, a small emergency whistle is always great and an emergency blanket, you know, just a, a mylar blanket to, to keep you warm just in case, uh, the weather turns and, you know, you're stuck and you're, you're getting cold. Um, it can also, um, you know, if, if worst, worst comes to worst, if search and rescue is coming to get you, the mylar blankets, um, are very reflective. So, uh, you know, if, if they're looking for you shining lights and stuff that will be, you know, um, really reflective and very visible. So, um, you know, all good things to carry, especially on, on longer efforts. Um, so, um, that all said, um, uh, you know, Jim, I hope I answered all your questions. If anybody else has any questions, uh, don't hesitate to reach out to me. Um, I'm always here as a resource. Glad to, glad to answer. Um, my email is runningpains at gmail.com. And, um, uh, you know, my, uh, my social media, uh, you can reach me either through my, uh, my personal, um, Facebook page, which is just Aaron Saft or, uh, MR running pains coaching Facebook page. Um, I am MR running pains on Instagram 
and uh, Aaron Saft on YouTube, um, Aaron Saft uh, on Strava. You can you can always link up with me there, ask questions. Um, you know, I, I, that's, they're all great platforms to reach out. So, um, you know, if you have other topics you want me to touch on uh, on the podcast, please do. Um, we got some some more guests coming up, so uh, you won't have to hear me drone on <laughs> um, podcast after podcast. But um, I hope this was super helpful. Uh, look forward to hearing from you. If you would, um, please uh, like it on uh, iTunes, uh, subscribe, uh, leave a comment if you would. It helps others see it uh, and share it. That would be great. I sincerely appreciate your time, guys. And uh, I hope you're all well through all of this. And uh, look forward to, uh, to seeing everybody out on the trail sometime soon. Take care.